Welcome to Fraggle Shrock, the podcast where we read Atlas Shrock, the classic libertarian mystery novel from 1957 by Ayn Rand, and watch episodes of Fraggle Rock, a Jim Henson Muppet TV show from the 80s. And why do we do this, you ask? Well, of course, to discover all the deep hidden connections between the two that we are absolutely convinced are there. I am Henrik, and joining me as always is my co-host Sigfrid. Hello to you and to everyone out there. Season two, guys. We made it. Yeah, it's been a while since last. Yeah, but you know, that's how it goes. We've both been busy with other stuff, but finally, we're back. For real. Back by public demand of none. Well, sure. This may not be the biggest part on the web, but I'm sure we've got a few listeners out there. And we owe it to them to get all the way through Atlas Shrugged, even if it kills us. And there's a good chance that it will. Yep. And on that note, how are you feeling about the book now that we've had some time away from it? Are you looking forward to a whole lot of more Atlas Shrugged? This this book is so incredibly dumb. <laughs> it, it, it keeps on going. It's so uncomfortable to read and listen to also. <laughs> right, right. I can relate to that. I think you may feel a bit more than I do, because I'm basically a maniac that will read anything, but it's definitely not the most pleasant book to read. For me to even get through the audiobook is tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh, and just think of how much more of this shit we have ahead of us. We are barely a third of the way into this book. We're going to have such a hard time getting through this second season. Uh, if I'm going, I'm going from this first centimeter of the book. Oh my god! <laughs> It's so depressing having to talk about this book in fucking centimeters. <laughs> yep. I mean, just the fact that we have to use a ruler to measure how far we are along in this nightmarish project is just saying a lot. Yep. So should we should we get into it? We can't keep stalling. Yeah, I guess we have to. Let's do it. Let's get into some Fraggle Shrugged. So it's going to be a bit of a different episode. Yeah, because it's been so long since we recorded last, and even longer since we last read in this book. Because, uh, you know, last time we watched the movie, which covered all the stuff from part one of the book. Like, kinda, sorta. It was a bit of a highlight reel of all the key moments, the main scenes. Mm -hmm. So uh, by now, I think we're both a bit fussy on what actually happened in the book. Yeah. So instead of just uh, charging ahead into part two, we thought we'd sort of ease into it. Yes. We talked about how we're going to go about doing this. Yeah. And we decided that uh, for this episode, we were we would basically just do a, a quick recap of the first part of the book from memory and then discuss our expectations for part two. Mm -hmm. You know... What, what is going to happen? Where's the story going? How many more train tracks of rear metal will be built? <laughs> and so on. But that's just going to be like a short little segment. Because there's, of course, more to this podcast than just an awful, awful book. Yeah. So, uh, so where are we on the Fraggle train this time around? Well, that's exactly it. Because for the first 10 chapters of the book, we watched the 10 first episodes of the show. But then for the movie, we decided to skip ahead to the finale of the first season. And, um... 
<laughs> it was fucking crazy. It was crazy. Yes. It was absolutely insane. <laughs> yes, it was. It was fucking amazing. <laughs> it was a wild ride. Uh, this show has very much become the most interesting part of this podcast. If anything, I've learned from this project. I've learned to appreciate Fraggle Rock. Oh, yes. But in getting to that last episode, we skipped over half a season. And after watching the insanity unfold in the last one, we felt we needed to go back and watch the ones we skipped. So, in this episode, we are going to give our thoughts on all those episodes in between and cover some of the highlights of what happened. And there are a lot of them. Yes. Why is this show so much better than this fucking book? <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, because it was made by talented people, maybe? <laughs> yes. But uh, speaking of the book, should we just get it out of the way? Mm -hmm. Let's get down and dirty into business. Yeah. Um, so, what happened in part one? Dagny wanted to build a train line, and she succeeded. She got her train... Train tracks rolling. Yeah, and all that felt pretty finished, all that plot line. So I don't know what's going to happen there. She'll just run the railroad, like manage it. Or maybe she just like builds a bigger train. I don't know. Yeah, and she's having problematic sex with uh, Mr. Hank Reardon. Fuck, I totally fucking forgot that. What? Are you, <laughs> are you serious? That's like half of the book. That uh, that and people asking who the fuck John Galt is. And we still don't fucking know what the term John Galt actually means. <laughs> no. So, uh, yeah. So, so that's a clear expectation we can set up for part two. We've got to finally meet him or at least learn some actual, concrete, like, real details about who the fuck this guy is. Yes, either that or just forget him. Maybe she'll just do that. Maybe this is the last mention of John Galt ever in the book. Like, maybe there, there comes a twist. Ooh, that could be wild. Like, she spends the f first third of this book just hyping up this mystery man. And then she just drops him like a bad habit. Yeah, yep. Yeah, uh, I like that idea. That's good. That's good. Like, one big red herring. <laughs> Um, or maybe it turns out that John Gold was just Hank Reardon in disguise all along. Or maybe Sprocket. <laughs> yeah, well, well, now that, that, that would be a twist. <laughs> but basically, there's just not much more to say, because there's not that much story to this book, really. It's just a book about megalomaniacs building a train line and maybe, maybe not killing people. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a pretty accurate summation of this book. <laughs> that, that pretty much covers it. This is just a really fucking big, bad steak. Uh, uh, what? Did you just call the book a steak? Like, uh, like beef? And there's a scene where she just blankly murders a child for no apparent reason. Uh, <laughs> like, skins the child alive and, like, Wait. put it as a figurehead on the train. What? To scare away evil ghosts. What are you talking about? I actually find that to be quite brilliant and satirical. Uh, I don't remember that scene, but uh, whatever, dude. We don't really get that explained, other than the fact that maybe we're living in a... I uh, post-apocalyptic dystopian nightmare so it's just a it's just a like quick side story um i'm sorry you've you've lost me but uh, what scene are you talking about here it is dacne who uh, who actually learns how trains function uh, she has a fucking like wonderfully perverted conversation right 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 okay yeah 
Okay, yeah. There are a lot of those in here. Lots of perverted conversations. It's it's amazing how disgusting they can make everything sound. <laughs> let's just let's just go as far as saying she's a she's a complicated character when it comes to sex. Oh yeah, Daphne sure is. Okay, so in the in general, I guess maybe we've covered the um, the broad strokes of what happened in part one here, right? They built the train line, they wonder about who John Gold is, and of course they found the magic motor. Oh yeah, the magic motor. So right now, what you can hear in the background is Elon Musk masturbating. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is basically his wet dream, just a magic motor. (laughs) If you dare, you can Google it. There is pictures. I I hope that's not true, but uh, I'm sure it is. And if the Reardon metal wasn't fantastical enough already, this magical motor is the point where this book just goes off the rails and becomes completely unrealistic. See, I have a, I have a strange feeling that that will come to fruition at some point. <laughs> Surely you don't mean that, right? I cannot wait. Um, I mean, don't hold your breath. But I think, should should we get into our... Normal segments? No, 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 not, not not the normal segments. We're doing like a special thing here, like special episode, just just not the usual segments, okay? There's just this terrible fraggle-eating monster in a cave. Uh, no, no, we're not there right now. No. So in one and a half years in Denmark, Rasmus Paludan, I guess, will be president of Denmark. No, no, no. And that is clearly <clears throat> an expression <throat> of what is called the Madonna Whore Complex. Oh, right. That's it. Um, better stop that now. There. Yes. Um, so uh, I, uh, I maybe have a little confession to make, dear listener. Um, so um, let's put this. Um, Henrik is not actually here today. <laughs> we had a time planned to get started recording this new season of Fraggle Shrugged. But at the last moment, he just couldn't make it. So uh, in the last moment, I decided to just uh, do it by myself, uh, without him. Just record this episode. Uh, So what you've been listening to is actually just me talking to a soundboard that I made of him. You know, uh, just clips and uh, snatches and bits and pieces of uh, things he said in previous episodes. I figured uh, he tends to say the same things anyway over and over. So uh, I thought it wouldn't be a problem for just like one episode, especially since this is just, you know, a a recap kind of thing. We're just going over uh, the stuff from previous episodes and uh, just talking in broad strokes. So I I I didn't think it would be a problem just uh, to reuse old things. Um... And uh, I thought it would work. And it basically does. I mean, it, it basically works. But um, I think the technology I'm using may uh, be a little bit wonky still. There may be some uh, kinks to work out. Uh, so, you see, I set up uh, this system with a machine learning algorithm, you know, like an AI. And it's based on what I say, it automatically picks out what Henrik is supposed to say. Like, it picks out one of the clips that I've uh, collected of him. So it's like a real conversation, a real back and forth. It's just uh, things he's, he's said before. So it's not that weird, actually, really. It's it's actually pretty uh, pretty standard issues. Uh, 
kind of things. Actually, I don't know if you know that, dear listener, but uh, actually a lot, of sh- a lot of shows are produced that way nowadays. Um, yeah, it's actually pretty common uh, thing we're doing here. Nothing unusual. Yeah. Uh, but uh, basically, I, I, I just think that um, uh, the, the calibration may be a bit off. So the system basically works, but the calibration is a bit off. So I'll just fix that now. And we should be ready to get back into the program now. Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> and I'll just remind you, dear listener, this is just... A temporary measure it's not like how the show is now obviously it's uh, it's just for this episode uh next time we will be back to the usual way of course well um uh, yeah let's just get back into the show are you there henrik yes my tea is sizzling and i'm ready great okay i think we're back on track here guys and uh, no railroad pun intended this is a train ride you will never forget <laughs> yeah we're rolling along here choo choo <laughs> okay <laughs> so yeah i think we basically covered uh, atlas shrugged before right yes so uh, so where are we on the fraggle train this time around yeah that's the question we've got a whole bunch of episodes to cover here so i guess we should just start from one end do you want to kick it off? Yes. Um, we have a weird episode that starts out with um, fucking Doc and Sprocket. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The episode where... Yes, where he kind of brings home a teenage girl that's very enamored with him. So, you know, you have uh, something coming there. What? And you can see the actor of what? Doc what? pulling out this thing. What? It's... How am I not supposed to kind of feel for this guy? <laughs> okay, what are you talking about? That doesn't sound right. I don't think that's what happened in that episode. He could have gaslighted her. Uh, sure, but... Because apparently um, that brings good luck. No, uh, no, it, it definitely doesn't. Yeah, they've been terrible to that poor, poor Fraggle. And it's so fucking funny. <laughs> uh, um, uh, I, I'm sorry, uh, uh, dear listener, I I think I used the wrong settings for this uh, machine. One second. Okay, okay that ought to do it. So, um, how are you doing now, Henrik? Uh, speaking of extraordinary things, I listened back to some of our older podcasts. If you listen closely, dear listener, it's, it's not me. Maybe. Like a feral, gaunt, angular animal. I mean, what? Yeah, I know. It's I'm a wild person. I live on the wild side. And I'm still waiting for the opioids to kick in. Stop it. The gaunt, angular, Stop it. tall-necked animals. Talking about dirty socialism. Stop it. So now, now, now you have that picture in your mind? You know what? No. I don't want to do this anymore. I can't keep up this fucking charade any longer. This, this, this clearly isn't working. This... Robo Henrik clearly isn't functioning properly. And this is clearly no substitute for actually having him here. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I shouldn't have to work like this. I, I mean, I shouldn't. It's demeaning, it's stupid, and it's all Henrik's fault. Fucking hell. Guys, I, I, I really thought I could count on him. I, I, 
I did. I thought I, we started a podcast together. I thought I could count on him to actually show up, but no, no of course not. I guess I'm just a fucking idiot here. Uh, I'm sorry to take this out on you, dear listener. This is not your fault. You shouldn't have to listen to this, and I shouldn't have to take this shit, but um, I, I just, I, I've had enough. I can't do this anymore. Uh, I, I, I thought it was going pretty well. I thought this was actually a pretty good podcast. This was this was a good show. It was a good show. I liked it. And then he has to go and pull some fucking shit like this. Fuck. Okay. So, um, yeah, I guess it's time to come completely clean here. Cards on the table. Because uh, I'm afraid that I haven't really been telling you the whole deal about what's going on here. I thought I wouldn't have to and that I could just uh, get through this episode with the Robo Henrik running and all that stuff and uh, maybe a couple more and just, you know, just a few episodes, just keep it going because uh, it was it would basically be working. But um, I guess Robo Henrik just isn't working. I thought you wouldn't be able to tell, but you clearly, clearly that is, uh, that's, that's not going to happen. Um, yeah, so uh, the truth is... Uh, Henrik might not be back anytime soon. I wouldn't go as far as to say that he isn't coming back, but uh, it's it's gonna be a while. And there's a very good reason for that. So, here comes the story. A while back, after we did the last episode of the podcast, you know, the one with the movie and uh, that stuff, after we recorded the podcast, we started talking about how to proceed from here what to do next. Uh, I was very much just in favor of uh, continuing straight ahead, just keep recording, keep the format as it was, just do another season. Uh, but uh, Henrik couldn't really just do that. He had gotten uh, very angry at the book and the people who were adored. Uh, I don't know if you picked up on that in the last few episodes, but uh, it was uh, it was starting to get to him. So uh, I don't know if you, uh, we've probably covered this, but uh, Henrik and I are kind of on another part of the political spectrum than these uh, hardcore Atlas Shrugged fans are. And he was just getting, uh, Henrik was just really getting sick of this book and all the political bullshit and all the just nonsense that these uh, people are spewing left and right. And uh, more and more, he just couldn't believe that anyone could actually believe this shit for real. He was, he was getting convinced that it was all just like a charade, uh, like a kind of theater that they were just uh, pretending to like this book to uh, justify to themselves and to others that they were making a lot of money and not helping people. So um, his idea was, uh, and I thought I thought this was a really bad idea, and I strongly advised him not to do it. But um, what he decided to do instead of you know, helping me record this podcast, was to go uh, undercover and to go to the Ayn Rand Institute and infiltrate it. So what he decided to do was to go undercover with the hardcore libertarians in among them and pretend to be one of them. And uh, gradually, as they started to trust him, because he was saying all the right things, they would start uh, to let their guards down and tell him more of what they really think. So his idea was that he could start asking questions and probe and prod them a little bit and find out what they actually believe. 
do they actually like this book? Do they actually think it's good? Uh, or are they just using it as an excuse? So uh, basically he wanted to test the knowledge of the book and uh, their belief in what it was saying. Uh, and uh, let me just tell you, uh, he didn't do it lightly. This wasn't just like an idle uh, thing for him. He wasn't joking around. He went fucking deep undercover. He did not half-ass this shit, let me tell you. I mean, I was actually kind of impressed at how seriously he took it. He uh, he became one of them. Like, he invented himself all anew. He made this fictional version of himself. He modeled himself on Dagny Taggart. Good role model there. And I mean, just the plastic surgery to become sufficiently gaunt and angular was apparently excruciatingly painful. And so... He went off on a plane to the United States, and while he was undercover there, he would send me back regular reports, like letters, uh, keeping me updated on how he was doing and how the project was going. And uh, you know what? Tell you what, I'm just going to read a few of these out loud for you, so you can get like a picture of how this all went down, what happened. You know. So let me see here. Um, yeah. So this is the first one he sent back as he got over there. Okay. Greetings, comrade. I have arrived in the United States of America. What a foul and disgusting capitalist nightmare this country is. No regard for the common good. No desire to help lift the burden of your brother and to ensure that those less fortunate than yourself are afforded a bit and something to eat. Truly a hive of scum and villainy this is. I am aghast and disturbed by the utter lack of affection and respect that these human beings show for one another. I will now head deeper into this den of thieves, deep into the heart of darkness, where those whose blackened souls care only to accrue wealth and adjuration, even when, nay, especially when it is at the expense of their fellow human beings. Farewell for now, my brother. Soon you will hear from me again. So, um, yeah, you know, that's what it's like. You know the guy, he's dramatic, but hey, he's a nice guy. He has good intentions. Uh, and I thought he was maybe taking it a bit too seriously, but uh, hey, what you gonna do? So um, I'll just get you the next letter he wrote to me just about a week later. Okay. <clears throat> I have made contact with the libertarians. They have invited me inside and have shown me some of their rituals. However, they still do not trust me completely and will sometimes avert their eyes when talking to me. I suspect that there are higher levels in their culture, inner rings that I have yet to be initiated into. I have learned some phrases of their language and I hope to soon engage in proper conversation with them in a natural way. Hopefully this will show them that they can trust me and in turn allow me to get up close. Yeah, so uh, he's definitely taking his work seriously. I'll give him that. At this point, he was just really working pretty hard to infiltrate these people. Um, and uh, not to spoil too much, but um, it bore fruit. 
<laughs> to say the least, man. He uh, found some success in uh, infiltrating them. Yeah, a little too much success. Because, you know, he started getting really into this character that he was playing, this fictional version of himself. He, he just really channeled this inner version of himself that was just really into Ayn Rand and moist metal and money and gaunt trains and all this stuff. Uh, and at this point in time, he wrote a lot of reports to me. I'll just skip a bit ahead here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, so this one's really interesting. Take a listen. Hello, Siegfried. How is Denmark these days? Still a mess, I suppose. You can say a lot about America, but at the very least, there's someone here who knows what he's talking about. Much has happened lately. I find myself adjusting to my surroundings more easily. I've had some very interesting chats with the captains of industry that frequent our little meeting place here. They've seen a lot of the world and have earned themselves some bitter conclusions about who really contributes with what. You wouldn't believe some of the horrific stories that I've heard. I will tell them to you one day, when this is all over, over a glass of champagne or a dirty, dirty margarita. Yeah, I'll just flip a bit ahead here. Yeah, uh, he started writing really long letters. Uh, I wonder where he got that from. Okay, this is from the end of it. I have met the most remarkable man at one of our gatherings. He is a bit, well, older than me, but there's still something almost uh, youthful about him. He feels such a passionate rage and frustration at all those lazy and unproductive people that have held him back. You can truly feel how he deserves respect and the room to act out his uh, ideas. I, I don't know why, but I feel inclined to let him dominate me. Sometimes, at least. Uh, don't listen to me. This is just silly talk. Still, there's something about him. He's an oil tycoon, but he's not, like, serious and boring about it. The other day, <laughs> the other day he showed me pictures of birds covered in crude oil, and they were really something. Oh, how we laughed and laughed and laughed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so that's probably a good place to stop there. So, like, uh, you can tell he's definitely getting into his character at this point. He's, uh, he's really channeling this, this persona. And uh, he started writing to me uh, less often at this point. Uh, I got fewer letters and uh, they... I don't know, it's like he started becoming less uh, stable. I don't want to throw that around, but maybe he was like becoming a bit unstable. Uh, I feel like the pressure was starting to get to him. Like uh, maybe it was tough on him just being undercover all the time and not having anyone to talk to about who he really was. But I mean, um, I'm sure he was just playing the long game. He's just playing the long game over there. Uh, and of course, with the letters... I mean, uh, he, he wouldn't want any of his, his letters to get intercepted and uh, found by the Ayn people, so his cover would be blown. He has to play the character through and through all the time. I guess it's just committing to the part and just really working hard. He, I mean, he's serious about his craft. He's, he, he's a serious guy. 
And um, really, I, I still believe that he'll come back soon. Uh, there's hope for him. He's not like getting lost. He's not a lost cause or anything. He's not disappearing into that character or, some, or anything like that. Uh, matter of fact, uh, I got a note from him just a few days ago. Um, and I, I only skim read it. I just uh, looked at the end and stuff. But I think uh, I saw something in there where he just encouraged me to keep going. That's actually why I recorded today, because I saw that uh, he encouraged me to keep keep on going with the podcast and that he would help me and be back soon. So uh, good news. Good news, guys. Let me just uh, get the letter ready here and we can just read it together. Right. So uh, that, that, that's, that's fun. I'll read it out loud for you for the first time on air. And uh, listen up. Here we go. <clears throat> Ayn Rand is the best fucking author that ever lived and the fact that her books are not taught in every school and adore like the Holy Bible is the only proof you need that those filthy socialist leeches have succeeded in fundamentally fucking over every part of mankind Ayn Rand had the brains of a man and she was still crazy fuckable what a winning combo. And that way with words she had, man. God damn, gives me shivers every time. I wish I could be as gaunt and as angular as John Gold, the mythical man of power and success. But of course, that's just a dream. I can never be like John Gold. So, Siegfried, how shit in fucking Denmark has that lousy chick made it ruined it all yet? Do you see what a communist hellscape the People's Republic of Denmark is? I mean, it's probably being overrun by this creepy political correctness that's also just ruining these United States of America. Did you know that over here you can't wish somebody Merry Christmas without getting me tooed? Hell, it's nuts! It's charity running muck, that's what that is. You wanna know? You always been kinda like a real snowflake, haven't you? You know, I've been getting into this this fellow, this uh Jordan Peterson. You know you heard of this Jordan Peterson guy and this Milo fellow? Well I I'm learning so much over here. You just a beta male soy boy cuck who sucks in the teeth of the nanny states and bends over for George Soros as part of the globalist conspiracy to exploit the chosen few men who have all the capabilities in the world and want to steal all their hard-earned money. But please continue with your podcast project. Keep on reading Atlas Rock and just making fun of it and all its wisdom. Go on comparing it to children's TV. What would the world be without your neo-Marxist podcast that is oh so important that everybody listens to? Of course I will help you hurt the leaders of the free market and tear the economy apart. And <laughs> I'm just realizing now that... Uh, uh, he didn't really mean that last thing about supporting me. Um, and he's, uh, he's most likely just gone for good. Damn. I mean, 
this is all just hitting me right now. I, uh, I, I guess I didn't really take his letters seriously before. I mean, I, I really thought he was coming back and that he was just playing the part out there. But I don't know, just reading it all out aloud for you. I guess it seems like he, he genuinely has been swept up by this ideology and uh, has left his old life behind. I, uh, I need to take a moment just to let this sink in. I, I, I mean, I, I may actually never see him again. This breaks my heart. I, I, I mean, it's one thing that I may have lost a dear friend forever and that I've seen him deteriorate into this mere shadow of himself. But there's a much bigger issue at play here. What do I do with my podcast project now? I, I, I mean, I, I really don't know. I'm at a loss for words. Should I try to continue this project, Fraggle Shrugged, without him? Should I maybe try to fix Robo Henrik so he could continue to be my co-host? I mean, he may be a bit wonky and, uh, and buggy, but uh, at least I would still have Henrik with me on this journey. Or, or I could replace him with someone else, maybe Kor. You know, the guy from the movie episode, he, he worked pretty well as a guest there. So maybe he could be convinced to come on aboard and take over the part of uh, Henrik just permanently. Nah, but it just wouldn't be the same because Henrik is such an integral part of this project. There's just something irreplaceable about him. And at, I mean, at this stage in the project, one third of the way through, does it even make sense to continue with, with such a massive change in the format and how the show works? And really, is, is there any point to any of it without him? I'm sorry, dear listener. I just, I, I have to process all of this. It's just really hitting me right now. All of this. And uh, it's just setting off all these, these thoughts in my head. His words, they, they really hurt me. I've always trusted his opinion so much. I mean, what he said that, that really meant something when he said it. And just hearing all of these things he said about me there in the last one, it just... Uh, and now I'm just starting to reevaluate who I am and what my place in the world is. I mean... Am I just a beta male cock? After all, I haven't made any big impact on the world or really accomplished much of anything. I just have a podcast that nobody listens to. And now maybe I don't even have that. Are the Randians right? Am I just mooching off of the small group of men who run this world and are so much better than everyone else, the, the talented few, these, dare I say it, these supermen, these ubermenches. <sighs> oh God, I'm, uh, I'm just getting lost in thought here. I, I, I can't process this alone. I just need someone to talk to about this, but, but, but there's no one around. No one but uh, Robo Henrik, I guess. 
I guess I should try to start up the machine again. Maybe if I give it another try and uh, just tweak it a little, I uh, I can get it working now and maybe it can just help me out to talk to it just a little. So let's try here. I am Henrik and joining me as always is my co-host Sigfred. Hi Henrik. Oh, let me tell you, it's, I'm glad to hear your voice. I'm I'm kind of going through something here and uh, I, I just thought I'd like to get your perspective on something. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. So, um, so the real version of you has kind of lost his way in the world and become radicalized by the libertarian extremists that he uh, set out to demask and bring down. And now, I, I don't know where that leaves me. Uh, he, he said some things to me that were, and they were just really hurtful. But maybe there's actually some truth in them. In fact, maybe they hurt because they were true. I I don't know what to do here. What do you think I should do? Ride your own medal. Huh. Uh, that's kind of cryptic advice. I I don't really know what to say to that. I don't know. I don't fucking know anymore. Hmm. Uh, okay. I, I guess I was hoping for a bit more. Uh, maybe if I try to be a bit more direct, because this is a, an AI after all. Hey, Henrik, do you think I should continue with the podcast? I don't know, like, I, because there was parts of it that was interesting. I think there's actually something in here that could be edited down. If you can find an abridged version of this book, maybe that's the way to go. Sure, I could just skip ahead, but wouldn't that be cheating? Phone it the fuck in. Legitimately giving a flying fuck. Mm. Ah, sure, I, I could do that, I guess. I could just keep going with the podcast and just do the rest of the book on like autopilot just phoning it in that way i would at least have finished the project that i set out to do and i kind of prefer to do that but uh, i'm not really sure that that's what i want to do with my time and with my life just you know doing something like this should mean something at, at least to me I, I shouldn't just be going through the motions and just get it through by like a robot, automatically, no offense, robot, but... Uh, sure. Uh, what what would the point even be if I just do it, like, phoning it in? Yeah. Oh, shit. I could really use talking to the real Henrik about this, but I guess in lack of that, maybe I can try to get this robo-Henrik closer to the real thing so I can get kind of the real experience. So, um... Okay, Robo Henrik. Yes. Will you permit me to just uh, try turning your settings way up and to the right, uh, make you a bit more extreme and uh, right wing? Uh, you know that way you kind of sound like the real you did in the letter, and I can um, engage with the, a simulation of the current you. Is that okay? Oh yes, yes, yes. Gotta get on the right wing aesthetics. Okay. Let's get into the meat of it. All right, here we go. I'm just waiting for the moment it kicks in and I actually begin to love this ideology and live by the money. Okay, so uh, how's this? I'm sorry, mouth breeder. Why are you breathing my air here? Like, what's going on? Please stop this. <laughs> Oops, that's too far. This, uh, okay, this is probably better. 
the big train of Reardon Meadow. Perfect. Uh, so, um, so Henrik, what are you, what are you feeling like? Ultra liberalist. I love my money kind of, kind of person. Okay, so um, in this state of mind, what do you think I should do about this podcast? I mean, let's be honest, no one's really listening to it anyway. Um, should I just uh, stop podcasting altogether? You'd never have the guts to fucking do that. Nah, I guess you're right. I don't know, there's just something in me that compels me to do this, even if it doesn't really end up going anywhere. I don't know. So what about you, Henrik? Now that you are in this state of mind out there, do you think you'll come back and, and take part in this project with me? No, no. I do this only to make money. Uh, okay. And this uh, this project clearly isn't profitable. <laughs> so uh, so there's no chance you'll come back? No. No, 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 no. I just want to make money. I don't care about you. I don't care about anyone. Mm. Uh, okay. I guess that's what I feared. So, um, now that I got you here, anything else you'd want to add to that? Why can't you just steal people's money? All right, I think that's just about all I need of that right now. I'll just, uh, I think I'll just change you back to a more reasonable setting. I'm, I'm going off to bed. I'm just uh, casually smoking a cigarette. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, what did I get out of that experiment? Well... I know now that I have to keep making podcasts, even if it seems to be in vain. It still seems strange to do Fraggle Shrugged without Henrik, but I'm starting to accept that he won't be coming back. Not anytime soon, anyway. I mean, unless he snaps out of it and has a sudden change of heart, I wouldn't count on it. So, I'm staying in the podcast game but I'm not sure what to do with Fraggle Shrugged. Maybe I'll continue with it, and maybe I'll just uh, put it aside for a while and uh, focus on something else. All I know is that I will have to keep making stuff, even if it never becomes popular. It is simply an existential need for me to make things. But on that note, there's still the big question that remains here. I keep coming back to this. What is my place in the world? If I make stuff and barely anybody notices or cares? Am I just screaming into the void, into empty space? Am I accomplishing anything? To express myself is an existential need for me, but by doing it without achieving fame and success and acclaim, that kind of means that I'm a failure at it. I mean, just in the eyes of society, doing it and not being successful. In many ways, I am failing at all this, because <laughs> it's expected of me to set a goal in life and work hard and then actually, you know, achieve it, right? Otherwise, I have just not succeeded. I've just wasted my time. This is actually one of the big themes of Ayn Rand and the kind of discourse that she engaged with. 
you know, this, um, this liberal idea of making something of yourself, coming up from nothing and rising to the top of the world. This is the basic ideal of libertarianism and something that is all over Atlas Shrugged. And, I mean, as much as I disagree with the idea from a political standpoint, there is an argument to be made for working hard until you finally make it and fulfill your desires. I mean, that's the basic element of all the stories we tell, all the narratives, you know, working hard, setting a goal and overcoming hardships and achieving your goal. That is the basis of a story. But I mean, there's another side to this issue and a surprise for anyone uh, listening to this podcast. That is gender. Because this narrative of pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, that tends to be associated with men and with masculinity. It's the basic male power fantasy, really. So for me, if I am podcasting and arguably failing at it, I'm actually, from this perspective, failing as a man. I'm showing that I'm too weak to achieve success at my own work. But th this is obviously a very unhealthy and antiquated point of view. I shouldn't be less worth simply because what I produce is not wildly successful, right? What do you think, Henrik? This is not all about the money, it's more about the yeah, spiritualism of things. Yeah, 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 exactly. And that's what tends to get overlooked by society and by men in particular. You know, this kind of masculine ideal is actually really toxic and problematic. It becomes this alpha male dominance thing, where you show your worth by being able to step on other people and being an asshole. Because that means you've made it and you've become so powerful and successful that other people let you treat them badly. And this ideal of being able to achieve this, this ideal is so prevalent and widespread in our culture. And it is so tightly connected to this narrative of uh, working hard and achieving your goals. It, it all becomes intertwined. <laughs> and that's not good. I mean, uh, just as a quick example, throughout this book, uh, this, this book, Atlas Shrugged, we've seen countless examples of this kind of toxic masculinity that has just been the ideal for men for so long. Just these types of guys like uh, Frisco D'Anconia and uh, Hank Reardon. In this worldview, to be a man has kind of been the same as being a piece of shit. Um, but does that mean, does that mean that I can't be a man if I don't want to be like that? Do I have to be like that to be a man? Can I still be a man without being a great success at my work and without being an asshole? Can I still be strong and, uh, you know, powerful as a person and still be kind and decent which I aspire to be just personally. So that's a big question. And uh, on the other hand, what about my podcasting? <laughs> I'm not really succeeding at it, not by a measure of uh, like popularity or gathering any kind of following or like making money. 
there's no platform in this. I'm not being prolific or <laughs> known from this. In many ways, I I, feel, I seem completely insignificant and powerless as I do this because I'm just screaming into the void. How do I personally, me, access my power, my personal power from within and make something of myself without having to give myself over to this masculine, destructive, toxic ideal? Because again and again we see that the, the people... Uh, oh, scratch that. The men who strive for power indulge in abuse, misogyny, and just outdated gender norms. And I've, I mean, just personally, I've been working hard to distance myself from, from that, becoming better than that, I would say, because I do think that those things are bad, and I don't want to be them. I've, I've talked for a long time here, but I think basically the question comes down to for me, what does it mean to be a strong and powerful person in general and a strong and powerful man in particular? In a time where we confront the problematic uh, behaviors that have just for so long been an integral part of that being successful, because being successful has been basically equated with being a piece of shit, can we succeed in splitting these two apart uh, on the one hand, the striving for strength and accomplishment, and on the other hand, the drive to dominate and denigrate those around us. And here I mean women in particular. I mean, I hope we can. I really do. I sincerely hope that we can uh, separate these two. I hope that men... No, no. I hope that humanity is ready to transcend to the next level of existence and leave our old, inferior ways behind. What do you think, Henrik? Uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I hope so. And, and that may be all you can do, but, I mean, still this question intrigues me. It stays on my mind, because uh, I, I feel like maybe I should try to uh, make an effort and try to answer it once and for all. I mean, what, what, what else am I gonna do? I'm, I mean, I'm left alone here with just my doubts and my fears, my curiosity and my inexplicable need to keep making podcasts. No matter how few people listen and how overcrowded the podcast market is, I mean, I might as well try to get something useful out of my unfortunate situation. I might as well confront this beast head on. I might as well use my position being a failure as a podcaster as I am to try to find out if this also means that I am a failure as a man and as a human being. I sure hope not, but I don't know for sure yet. This, this will be my new podcast project. I see it all now. I see it so clearly. I know now what I must do. Here on Fraggle Shrugged, I have been traveling through Atlas Shrugged and Fraggle Rock with my companion Henrik. It has been a fun and enlightening trip, but now I have been abandoned by my companion on this journey and I realize that I cannot continue down that road alone. Instead, 
I must go on a journey of self-discovery into the fraught shadowlands of personal strength, toxic masculinity, and the reaching for the evolved humankind of tomorrow. But even though I walk this path by myself, I don't have to be alone. I will bring Robo Henrik along to keep me on track and remind me of my home as I venture off into the unknown. Robo Henrik, will you travel with me into the deep unknown? Will you go where you have never gone before? Yes, I will, for the first time in the history of this podcast, actually go with you. Thank you. I just kind of like the idea of us going into this. Me too. Me too. It seems only appropriate at this point, as the real-life version of you has become radicalized by right-wing politics. You, Robo-Henrik, you still sound like the real Henrik, the one I used to know. In a way, even though you are fake, you are more real to me than the actual person. I'm just a I'm just a voice box in your music studio now. Yes, yes you are. But at the very least, you are still there. And you will be there with me as I venture out on this journey into the unknown. Out beyond the farthest frontiers of existence, society and good taste. Out where nothing but podcasts with zero to none markets ability can be found. My mission, I will do a podcast where I read Thus Spoke Zarathustra by Friedrich Nietzsche and watch episodes of the cartoon show He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Thus Spoke Zarathustra is a philosophical novel from 1891 with the subtitle A Book for All and for None. That seems only appropriate for this project. It is about the prophecy of the Übermensch, the superhuman, the evolution of mankind into its next superior state. It is also about the eternal reoccurrence, the possibility that all events in one's life will happen again and again infinitely, much like me starting doomed podcasts. The book has been both praised and called unreadable. You must be some sort of literary masochist. <laughs> I may very well be. And He-Man, on the other hand, is a cheaply made cartoon show from the 80s. Set on the mystical planet of Eternia, it follows Prince Adam, who with the help of a magic sword can access, quote, fabulous secret powers. And he's transformed into He-Man, the ultimate masculine ideal. By going through these two works and looking for the deep, hidden connections that may or may not be there, I will surely discover the secrets of harnessing my power and becoming a superior version of myself. 
an Übermensch, and I will confront the outdated ideals of masculinity head-on. I will find out what the He-Man of tomorrow might be. My guide and sidekick on this journey, my Jiminy Cricket, the angel on my shoulder, will be Robo Hendrik. Along the way, I will try to convince guests to come on the podcast to discuss with me philosophy, masculinity, self-improvement, and he-man. I will continue with this until the real Henrik wakes up from his capitalist trance and realizes his true self, his proper place in the world, which is making fun of Ayn Rand and getting blown away by the madness of Fraggle Rock on a podcast with almost no listeners together with me. And when that day comes, I will be ready to resume this important work, the podcast of Fraggle Shrugged. Having, at this point, hopefully found my own direction in this world and become the Superman that I am surely destined to become. So what is the schedule of this? I, I, I don't know yet. I hope to be ready to start with this new podcast very soon. I will post the first episode right here in the feed for Fraggle Shrugged. So you, dear listeners out there, everyone, you can see when this new show is available. Yeah, so stay tuned. Indeed. I hope that you, dear listener, who have somehow found your way here and have listened this far into my madness, will join me on this journey and go with me on this quest to learn about identity, gender, and self-improvement through Nietzsche and He-Man. I hope you will listen to the podcast Thus Spoke He-Man. Uh, why did you get me into this? Again? This podcast is produced by Monegale Media, a small and independent Danish media collective. If you want to learn more about this podcast and our other projects, visit our website at maanegal.dk. That is Monegale with two A's up front. .dk. At the moment, most of our stuff is in Danish, but we are looking to expand our selection in English in the future. So, you know, stay tuned. To the madness. <laughs>